the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click, Bimbo Jimbo, alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello, and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. Hey, buddy. So, next time you get out of line in front of me, I'm going to bite your neck. We are going to be talking about vampirism, apparently running rampant in WWE. But first, we have to welcome a very special guest in studio. He's going to be joining us on In The Click uh, throughout the episode from the Bullet Cast, he is the Podfather, Philip Antwine. Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, guys. Pleasure yeah, having me. Oh my clap? goodness! She gets some applause going I've, or something. Never been applauded before, not even by my own mother. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the soundboard going again. And we'll, just like, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get it up and running. But dude, thanks for coming into studio. This is long overdue. Uh, I <laughs> getting back in the wayback machine before schedules got out of whack and then it wasn't relevant anymore. I, I wanted to get you in here after you were at Double or Nothing, and. Uh, <laughs> So how was Double? <laughs> <laughs> what are we? Let me look at my watch here. Oh, yeah. like nine Tickets, months later, Tickets went on sale for this year's Double yes, or Nothing. Yes, it all comes back around. I'm um, just sum it up. I don't want to go too long. It was the best wrestling show I've ever been to. Cody versus Dustin was an absolute love letter to their father. It was special. It had that big match, big fight feel that's really missing in today's wrestling. And Starcast was cool too. I got to stand on a ladder with Razor Ramon. I got to meet Arn Anderson. It's one of the coolest photos I've ever seen, by the way. The ladder Dude, photo with Razor is very he's cool. He's super cool, you know? I went to uh, Ron Funch's Get High and Watch Wrestling. Um, me and a couple of buddies of mine, Razor's just walking by. What's going on, fellas? And he's too sweet in us. And it was it was super cool. You just you get to see, like, you're walking around Caesars. There's Hornswoggle. There's uh, Jacob Fatu. There's Eric Bischoff, you know? So it was, nice. it, was, it was a really cool experience. I highly advise anybody to go out there and experience that. It was awesome. And I got to have cigars with Cody Rhodes the day after. So how do you, like, greet Scott Hall? Like, what's the proper way to say hello to him? <sighs> um... I didn't want to do the here you go because I feel like I feel like like everybody else had already done that I was just hey what's going on man I really love so and so ooh baby Huey ooh <laughs> I would ooh this man I would go oh <laughs> I wish you could see like the like Huey has to like induce like almost like a borderline stroke to like go into his impression it's 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 brutal we should film that one day put it on it's, social that's why you need to follow at in the click on Facebook Twitter whole, Instagram it's his whole production where he's almost like unhinging his jaw like a snake he's it's just it's, hey, it's terrible uh but Phil I mean so I mean we are long overdue. Time. <laughs> long overdue for having you in here uh Tell our listeners that maybe aren't aware uh, about the Bullet Cast and just how that got started and just everything you guys do over there and what you sort of focus on. Oh, okay. Well, I host a podcast called the Bullet Cast, uh, Pro Wrestling's Elite Podcast, by the way. Um, no, I got started a, a few years ago. A buddy of mine, he had a radio show at Chabot College, and I would come in and talk about wrestling, but I didn't like having to be cut off to play music. I understand the radio game or whatever. I was like, I'm going to start my own podcast because I've been listening to them for so long. 
And uh, yeah, man, uh, we actually had our three-year anniversary last week, so that was awesome. Yay! Congrats, Philip. More applause. Yes, three years of being the Podfather. Uh, yeah, so it, it was just really, really cool to hit that milestone, and um, we've really come to our own. My co-host Brandon and I, we've uh, really, we've, we've grown closer since we've been doing this. I would hope. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, it, how, did, how did you know him before? Oh, we had a TV class together at Chabot. Okay. And then I hit him up, um, like, what, like, almost two years later. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm starting a podcast. He was like, sure, I'll come on. And, and so through that class, did you become friends, or were you just more, like, acquaintances? And did you, how did you know that he was into wrestling? Uh, I'd mentioned it once, and he, he was sitting next to me, and he was like, oh, I'm going to a show, too. I'm like, oh, okay, nice. cool. So that's how it really just came to be. And we've really become friends uh, since, since then. My brother-in-arms in the digital media audio world. But yeah, you know, we cover Raw, SmackDown, AEW. Um, he has his own show, Under the Radar, where he cover, covers uh, Total Divas, Total Bellas, NXT on a weekly basis. Okay. And then, of course, we do like pay-per-view recaps, like um, whatever whatever WWE pay-per-view there is and the big AEW pay-per-views that do happen. Um, I do a Black Power Ranking highlighting African Americans in the business because I feel like that's important. Um, oh, and we do interviews too, you know. We had a big, we had a big one last month. Kelly, Kelly came yeah. on the show. Yeah, we put it out there. That was great. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It was, it was a lot of fun. You know, shout out to uh, was it Mike Millerick yes. for making that happen. <laughs> yes, sir. Mike Millerick and Stockton Con. Uh, yeah, we 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 love him and we love his uh, work as Mike Miller and uh, all the say, all the Bay Area promotions. Yeah, well, well, you know, whatever. We don't want to blow. Yeah, it's Mike Miller. <laughs> Let's put him through a table. Yeah. Um, no, that's very cool, man. So I, I want to get a little bit more background on you, though, when you became a fan. Like, who's your favorite all-time wrestler? Like, is this something that I guess uh, we did on In The Click in our very first, like, oh, official yeah, yeah. episode back in the day but after we'd been covering wrestling for a while? But, yeah, so how'd you get into it? Like, what sort of – what got you hooked? Like, what was that moment? Okay, so the first time I ever actually saw it, it was that Halloween episode, 2002, seen as as dressed as Vanilla Ice. Mm. I was upstairs watching, like, Adam West Batman or something. I'm, like, five, six years old, right? <laughs> and uh, my cousin's watching SmackDown. I remember it's He Who Should Not Be Named versus Edge. Um, oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah, so that's the first time I ever saw it. But then when I really started watching, I remember the first episode. It was, uh, what, November 22nd, 2004, that Monday Night Football spoof where it's Shelton Benjamin, Trish in a towel, and <laughs> Vince McMahon. He's like, it's a woman in a towel. You know, so, yeah, that's the first episode I ever saw. My buddy turned it on in my house, and I've been hooked ever since. My favorite all time is Shawn Michaels and the greatest wrestler. I knew I liked you, Phil. <laughs> He's okay. There we go, dude. Which, by, by the way, real quick, Philip, uh, explain to Jimbo what the original name for the Bullet Cast was going to be. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I'm a Shawn Michaels mark, and it was it, it, it was this close to be calling be, being called Sweet Pod Kick Music. Or, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I appreciate the love for Sean. No, yeah, I was watching an old Ring of Honor match with AJ as the IWGP champion, and yeah. I'm like, Bullet Club, Bullet Cast. I'm like, oh, there we go. Much better choice. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet pot kick music will be coming soon some other time. The other one was four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you're 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 on a, you're on a show called In the Click, <laughs> so I mean, and, and if anybody can appreciate trying to shoehorn a Shawn Michaels reference into the title of a show, it's me. So oh, I get it, dude. Uh, so so he was your favorite. How did you how did you sort of land on him? I guess so. That would have been that would be his time. He had just come back uh, from injury, relatively. Uh, you know, not that long beforehand. Yeah, it was O two. Yeah, so I, I officially started watching it in late O four. Okay, like I caught the last uh, year of Eddie Guerrero's career and unfortunately his life and all that other stuff. 
But yeah, I mean, like Cena's my Hogan. He's my generation's Hogan. And growing up, like I'm a Cena guy, I'm a Jeff Hardy guy. But there was something about Shawn Michaels. I don't know what it was. You know, the maybe it was the music or just kicking guys in the face. That was awesome. And I will say this here: WrestleMania 25, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, greatest wrestling match of all time. I don't want to hear anything else. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I personally lean towards that. I mean, you certainly I think you would get very little argument from most people, whether it's WrestleMania 25 or 26. Uh, I, I always go to WrestleMania 24 as the greatest wrestling match uh, of all time because I think it's I think it was the best story that's ever been told with him and Ric Flair. Uh, two of the very best to ever do it and sort of his son, uh, Ric Flair sunset and Shawn Michaels being Mr. WrestleMania and Ric Flair wanting nothing less than to sort of go out on his shield in that way. But I love the fact that you're a Shawn fan, man. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Actually, we should ask him. Remember on our first episode, we asked each other what's our wrestling bucket list. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, Philip. So if there's one thing in wrestling you want to accomplish or is there a specific event or something you want to attend in person? What's like on your for reference, impression? Huey's was to go to Wrestle Kingdom and see that live. Mm-hmm. Me was to be put through a table. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the ends of the spectrum there. Like, what is something you want to have happen to you uh, in your wrestling uh, life? Never been to WrestleMania. Okay, there it is. That's, yeah. that's a great one. That's the point of the sign. Yeah, <laughs> coming to LA next year, so it'll be. Uh, it seems like probably a lot more doable. Uh, for a lot of people here on the West Coast, so yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited for that. Go yeah. Hollywood. I guess that, I that, 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 go Hollywood that, that I guess will lead us to our uh, our first topic. We didn't even I don't even think we talked about it last week about it coming to LA. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, WrestleMania next year will be coming to Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. Uh, so they're gonna break that bad boy in in a, in a big time way, similar to what they did with Levi's. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in the Bay Area that that had just opened and WrestleMania was the first actual winning product worth watching to be in Levi Stadium too so it'll be the same uh, in SoFi I imagine he's a Steelers fan Phil. No, I, I, I'm just talking truth Jim Tom Sula was not a winning product so hey dude it's okay like, man uh, like that, Re- was. Re- WrestleMania <laughs> WrestleMania was was great uh, for, yeah, for oh, Levi Stadium. Uh, Dude, best press box experience ever. Really, is the press box at a WrestleMania? That's awesome, dude. Normally, the protocol is you gotta be professional, you gotta be quiet, you gotta be doing work. WrestleMania, everybody's press box, going crazy. Everyone's well, going cheering. To crazy. tell that story again, when we when we were there, you know, we were very excited to be covering, uh, you know, WrestleMania at Levi's and everything like that. In the back of my head, though. I was, uh, you know, having been in sports press boxes for a long time, it sort of was like Huey had in the back of my mind. I was like, well, what's this going to be like? Are we going to be able to, like, clap and cheer? Like, are we going to have to be, like, respectful of, like, you know, like, peace and quiet kind of deal? Like, what's the vibe going to be like? And the first match, a holy S chant got started. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> okay, well, it's just going to be like any other wrestling event that I've been to. So that was that was yeah. great. So that, that was that was good fun. But yeah, so WrestleMania will be coming to SoFi Stadium next year. Uh, very excited for that, for that to be in L.A. Much easier trip on all of us uh, in this room to get down there. And it gives me a year to plan to line it up and shoot my shot with future wifey Kayla Braxton. WWE, the baby bump, will be coming nine months later, hopefully. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Houston, what do you think about WrestleMania coming to L.A.? I think it'll be awesome. Well, technically, what's Inglewood, so I don't know all the how big L.A. is. But I know, okay, Inglewood, that's going to be awesome. So that's going to be the home of, what, the Rams and uh, the Chargers. So I think that's a pretty cool way to – I think that's cool with WWE. Every time a new big stadium opens, they like to break it in. So hopefully we get L.A. obviously next year, then – 
soon after Las Vegas, and then yeah. maybe a return to Levi's at some point. Now, I, listen, of course, you and I are excited. West Coast, a lot easier for us to travel, but uh, hopefully WWE will come back more often because I know there's a little bias on their part to stay on the East Coast because they like things get yeah. dark earlier. And then that way the matches are under the night sky, the night setting there under the stars. But nonetheless, I'm excited just because it's L.A. So there, there's going to be a lot of, I'm sure, Hollywood uh, flavor to it. Hopefully maybe they'll do those old uh, like movies or video packages. Like that, they did back in the day yeah, when like they went to L.A. Tanker, Clint Eastwood yeah. style, uh, Dirty Harry. So I'll be all excited for that with the new spin, especially with The Miz and Morrison. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to eat it up a year from well, now. Well, I think that I think one of the main exciting things about it is the fact that they will have this stadium there in their back pocket always yeah. to use. Uh, and it's it's one of those things that, you know, WWE loves the L.A. market. They love being a part of sort of that Hollywood, the glitz and the glamour and everything like that. But, you know, this is a, a stadium, a venue worthy of WrestleMania now that they can go to, you know, every few years mm-hmm. if they want to. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if, if L.A. gets it again in, in, in a few years' time, like not that long, maybe even before Levi's gets it again because yeah. it is L.A. And I think that there is something that is very appealing to WWE, about, especially with the Fox deal and everything like that, about being in L.A. More likely for them to get the rock in presence down there yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you mentioned too, like they they do have sort of an East Coast bias. I think also because that's where their headquarters mm-hmm. is, infrastructure wise, it's easier on them. Like they love the New York market. And I think shortly after that though, they do love that LA market. That 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 name on the marquee of being in Hollywood, so to speak. But also keep in mind now with their partnership with Fox, WWE on Fox, they're based in LA. So yeah, hopefully that'll give more incentive to to do stuff more in the SoCal area. But the other thing, too, is, okay, Staples Center is probably going to host everything else else for them. But what I'm excited for is, as you know, WrestleMania, they all these other promotions like to put on shows in the surrounding area just because they want to capitalize that many fans in one area. So I'm excited What who might put on a show at the Forum, you know, the old home of the Lakers yeah. and just other wrestling venues down in Southern California. It's going to be an exciting time for just – a lot of options for the wrestling fans down there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and, Phil, I, I meant to talk to you about this uh, off the air, but as we're sort of going to be talking about championship wrestling uh, coming to ABC7, uh, we I mentioned last week or last episode that uh, you know part of the deal here is that it's being crewed by students at San Francisco State University are producing these in-studio segments that Levi Shapiro and, and I are doing. Uh, the director of this show is somebody that you know from Chabot College, as you invoked Chabot, uh, Chabot earlier in this episode, uh, Ulysses, your friend Ulysses. What? Yeah, and he name-dropped you, and I was like, I, I, he's like, yeah, a buddy of mine, went, we went to Chabot together, he does uh, he does a show about wrestling, I was like, you talking about Phil? Are you talking about the Bullcast? And he's like, yeah, how do you know? I was like, dude, like same circle, so small world, so your buddy wow. Ulysses is actually d- the director of the in-studio segments for Championship Wrestling, uh, which is coming to ABC7, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, th- this is, uh, what are we, Saturday, February 15th. So you listen to this, get you up to speed, and then 2.30 in this morning, you know, have a have an early cup of coffee or a late cup of coffee, have some of Gino Hernandez special to keep you up, whatever you got to do, smoke a cigarette. But at 2.30, Levi Shapiro and I will be hosting championship wrestling on KGO ABC 7. It's finally here. Uh, so excited uh, to get that going, and it's going to be it's going to be great for the Bay Area studio wrestling on TV uh, in the Bay Area. I'm v- very thrilled about that, and big shout out to uh, David Marquez again for for making this happen. 
I, I'm excited for it just because I want to see you and Levi interact with each other. Just from the little photos we've seen already, I love Levi's outfit. He's yes. wearing it in studio. Someone commented he looks like an oil tycoon. So yeah, the I'm bow like tie. Super, <laughs> I'm super excited for this. I love Levi, and I know he's been busting his ass. Per- I know uh, you as well, but for Levi, who's been doing a lot in the wrestling scene here in the Bay Area, it's for him to get an opportunity to kind of become a face of it on television. I'm really uh, proud of him. Yeah, and, and I can say, you know, the, Levi's an absolute natural uh, at, at what he's doing uh, with this show and everything like that, and, and the camaraderie between us is already building in terms of sort of that uh, kind of Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan type vibes that we're, that we're going for. Uh, and so that, that's that's always great to see. So uh, between in the click, between doing uh, – Play-by-play commentary with Caesar Black, and now and now in studio hosting with Levi Shapiro. I just very very blessed to, to be uh, to be tag team with some some really great talented people, uh, and I, I can't wait uh, I can't wait for everyone to see it later on tonight. Just curious, you know, you mentioned I think on, on social like please set your DVRs for yes. it as well. So uh, so there's a little bit of an issue maybe with some of the guides this week that they haven't okay. updated a lot of them or have it listed as paid programming just at two thirty. Just set it for an hour for that chunk, yeah. uh, that hour of time, uh, and you should be good to go. And I really do appreciate all the support that everyone's shown. Everyone's super excited about it. Uh, God, and these uh, these really exemplary uh, broadcasting students at SF State have been doing a great job busting their ass to to produce this. Um, you know, we were we did another set of tapings and we were working late on that. And I just I just really appreciate them. I mean, it's such a great opportunity for them to have their work air on such a household name station. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for them, excited for my alma mater. It's gonna be this is gonna be great. And as Grill Monsoon says, and I did use this in one of the tapings, it will be a happening. So Philip, I think what we need to do is maybe on a future episode, we gotta help Jimbo live out his bucket list dream. And maybe on an episode of his TV show, we should put him through a table. You and I we will be like I- uh uh, the Dudley Boys? Dudley Boys, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did have a day of training. I think we can do this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there Excellent. we go, man. Dude, I would love to put you I'll, through I'll, a table. I'll, I'll, st- I'll start <laughs> fasting to make it easier on you guys. So <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and cut a little weight. I've been slacking off. But anyway, yeah, very excited for championship wrestling. It, it is a really big deal for this studio wrestling show to be on every week here in the Bay Area. It's going to be great, I think, for every local promotion of course, it is presented by West Coast Pro Wrestling, but I think it's going to be great for all pro wrestling. It's going to be great for big-time wrestling. It's going to be great for wrestling in the mm-hmm. Bay Area because people are going to watch this show, and I think they're going to be really sort of intrigued. Like, you know, there's stuff outside of WWE. There's stuff outside of AEW. There's stuff locally that I can go watch and enjoy myself live and in your face, you know, to coin a phrase. So, yeah, it's going to be great. But let's get let's get to more of the clickbait. Goldberg. It has been announced to be coming back to SmackDown again this week. Baby Huey, I'll put it to you first. Will he be there or will he be live via satellite? Well, after attending SmackDown in person last week, uh, Philip and I were both out there at SAP Center. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a downer that it was live via satellite. So if that's the case, and then as we saw Hogan this week live via satellite, my guess is Goldberg will be live via satellite. But then again, if they really want to sell this matchup with the Fiend and the Super Showdown that they're going to be facing off at, you got to get them in person. Yeah, I think he's going to be there. Yeah. Philip, what say you? Well, after being disappointed last Friday, <laughs> um, <laughs> great segment though, but I would be disappointed too. No, yeah, I, I, I do, I do think he will be there. Um, like, like he would just said, you, you have to really sell it. And the, the initial 
face off that we are going to get a super showdown with Goldberg and the Fiend. That's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm going to call it right now. I don't think Bills winning the title. <laughs> I'm just going to say it like that. But it's going to be interesting to see like Bray kick out of the jackhammer because I, I, we all know that's going to happen. And like, not very many people actually did kick out of it. Correct. Like I said, like I, I'm, I was born in '96. You guys got to experience. Goldberg's uh, run in Dude, WCW. I, uh, I I cannot stress this enough, just how much fun being in middle school and high school in the mid to late 90s and coming home Mondays, getting my homework done. And like uh, we had our, our cable television, uh, TNT had the East Coast feed early. So we were able to watch that and then tune over to watch Ross. I was able to watch both shows every night. And this is before DVR. So I need to watch it live. If not, it's gone forever. Well, you have the network now for that. But yeah, such a fun time doing homework and watching Goldberg smash everyone in the roster. I, I mean, I would love for Goldberg to be back on a sort of babyface version of the Brock Lesnar schedule. I, I think Goldberg uh, is a lesson to everyone watching sort of, uh, you know, mainstream pro wrestling in terms of what a draw is and what sort of like being that box office sensation is that there's no doubt about when Bill Goldberg comes onto your screen, he's big time and he is this larger than life character. And and I think that, that sometimes in pro wrestling, that's, that's what we, we lack at times. I think we know too much about the pro wrestlers now. I think yeah. that's a lot of that's through the advent of social media and everything. Like uh, I don't think that necessarily Braun Strowman should have an Instagram uh, where he's just Adam Shearer or whatever his last name is. And Ray Wyatt he, as and, well. His yeah, personal one's yeah, out there. Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah, and so, like, and if you do have them, look, I get it that that's the thing. It's like, make them private and don't add anybody you don't know. Keep that mystique about who you are going. That's that's what, that's what stuff. some of the stuff of magic of pro wrestling. Right, Philip, you say you got to keep kayfabe alive as best you can. You, yeah. You do, man, you know? Like, I I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I get you have to have social media to branch out and do all these other things. For sure. But The Undertaker shouldn't have Instagram. Bray shouldn't have it. Braun shouldn't have it. I, it's just, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I mean, there are ways on. to use it uh, effectively, kayfabe-wise, and, and no better example of that than Chris Jericho using it to lead to that feud with Kenny Omega in New Japan and everything like that. There are definitely ways of, I do think it is, on the one hand, the new frontier of keeping kayfabe alive and working the fans, but you have to commit to that. You have to commit to that, that that's what it is and that what you go out there and what you put out there is the character Chris Jericho. It's, you know, it's, but there are certain characters that wouldn't be on Twitter. The monster among men wouldn't be tweeting out anything, in my opinion. You know, he's a friggin' barbarian. Well, it was cool. Morrison and Roman Reigns were going back and forth a couple days ago, and that was great. Becky Lynch... Uh, trolling Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey last year and just schooling them. Some of the best promos of last year were done by Becky Lynch on Twitter. But there, So there's a right way, in, in my opinion, and kind of a wrong way to sort of utilize social media. Hypothetically, fantasy booking, could you see Goldberg potentially beating The Fiend? Therefore, his name with the title going to WrestleMania, could that be a bigger draw than Bray Wyatt, unfortunately? And then Roman takes... Spear versus Spear exactly. at WrestleMania? That way, Roman takes out Bill Goldberg, and Goldberg puts him over. You know, I wouldn't want that. I want Goldberg to win. But he's got then, a better spear. He's got. It's not even his finisher. But then, if Roman beats the Fiend, everyone will just boom again. Yeah. No. I. I, I, I to- say Goldberg be transitional. Uh, I totally. I totally get that. Um, I. I wouldn't rule it out. I. I think all signs point to the Fiend going over and adding another sort of legend to his list. I think after SmackDown, I know we're jumping a little bit ahead. 
What if we did get the Fiend versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania? Nobody the, wants to see that. And the Fiend, what? But what if he just squashes the immortal Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania? Would that not put the Fiend over as this as this like terrifying character? I think it would. The WrestleMania is that house that Hulk Hogan built. You don't do that to the Hulkster. But but brother, it is but it's brother. part of the business though. And so listen, I, I beat up listen, a near 70 year old man. Hulk Hogan wow, will live great for the Terry Bollea is 70 years old. Hulk Hogan is immortal and doesn't feel age. He does have so, a point. So like you can't you can't like cite age necessarily in pro wrestling. Yes, as Huey, as Huey, as, as Huey is making a uh, a length reference here, as he is referencing Hulk Hogan having to testify, rather Terry Bollea having to testify that he does not have a ten inch clank, but that Hulk Hogan does. Um, but I I totally would be down. I want first of all, I want Hogan to have a match at WrestleMania. Really? But, yeah, it's in Tampa. I, I want to see him. I want to see him have one more match, whether it's tagging with John Cena against like some evil foreign heels or something like that. But what, what, whatever you got to do, uh, it, I, I'm I'm in for it though, man. Like I want to see him Hulk up, boot, leg drop kind of deal. However, if he faces the Fiend. I want to see him do that and the Fiend kick out at one and then Mandible Claw's ass because I want to make the Fiend and keep the Fiend strong. I'd rather have him beat Undertaker, but, you know, after what we saw on SmackDown, who knows? I mean, like, Hogan just had, like, his 10th back surgery. And yeah, man. Apparently he's been cleared by his doctors to compete. Do you really think he can still do the He's been working drop? out, man. He's, he's, he's training. He's saying the prayers. He's taking his vitamins, you know? He's ready. He's looking like no. a jacked-up Gandalf. It's, it's great. <laughs> I don't want to have him to go down to Columbia, wherever he's been doing these back surgeries again. That's a lot of flying on he that can, body. He can work a match. No. Hogan, no. can, Hogan, Hogan's got at least one more in him, brother. <laughs> you take uh, out Brock Lesnar, then. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think we're going to see Hogan involved in some capacity at WrestleMania. Uh, Maybe he helps Roman Reigns defeat the Fiend. Like he just jumps in and interferes. That could happen to you. Yeah, like if Hogan has like a physical altercation in Tampa, which isn't an actual match, I'm down for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm down with that. A couple punches, the boot, the leg drop, and he does the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, well, we, I mean, it's a shame he hasn't really been on TV. Where can we get like Hogan hindering the gender at WrestleMania whoa, or something whoa, like whoa, that? Whoa, big gender mark over here. I like Jinder Mahal. Don't get me wrong, but his <laughs> role in that would be to take the leg and the one, two, three. I uh, would get him on TV. So let's do it. Uh, I was gonna say, actually, is he injured right now? He's, yeah, he's been out hurt. So the gender is hindered, um, but <laughs> and hobbled. Uh, all right, some other news. We got Simone Johnson, daughter of The Rock. Dwayne Johnson has uh, signed on uh, to WWE. I mean, this was huge news uh, this week. Even people at the Warriors, like uh, people I didn't know were wrestling fans, like, Did you see The Rock's daughter is going to be a wrestler? And I was like, I didn't I didn't know you liked wrestling. Uh, so, <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so this, this like, definitely uh, created a ripple effect and was big news. Uh, my take on it is I'm very excited for, obviously, it would be, like, the record-setting fourth-generation mm-hmm. superstar uh, I, I am worried about the pressure of expectations and having a big shadow and shoes to fill. Uh, but Phil, what was your what was your take on on uh, Simone Johnson potentially ending up in WWE now? I, I mean, that's awesome. Fourth, it gen- doesn't matter what you think, Philip. Jesus, sorry. You know he DX crotch chopped <laughs> me at SmackDown too, and, the, and then he just interrupts the disrespect. me. Disrespect, Huey. I, I like were, it though. That was well timed, baby Huey. They just came. Jimbo, I like you more now. No, but honestly, I mean, fourth generation—that's amazing. Her family has been some of the best performers of all time. Yokozuna, Umaga, Roman, her dad. 
Uh, but you talk about the big the big spotlight that she has on her. I mean, Charlotte, she's done phenomenal. Like, mm. she's really shied away. I mean, she'll, like, woo, obviously, and has the robes or whatever. But, like, she's really shied away and coming to her own. And mm-hmm. I think she's arguably maybe the greatest of all t- yeah. female wrestler of all time. So, I mean, just give it some time with Simone. I, th- I think she will do very well. And I'm, I, I, I looked forward to seeing in a full sale her cutting somebody off the way you did me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like I'm very much with you. It's like take your time with this one. You don't want to rush it. I know Vince probably likes these dollar signs already, but like what she just – she's 18 and probably yeah. has just started taking bumps within the last couple of weeks. So it's like don't rush this because people online it's like, oh, my God, Charlotte versus her at a WrestleMania main event. Ric Flair's daughter versus the rock stars. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's just learning how to take a bump right now. Yeah. Like, don't f- – Think about WrestleMania main eventing. But, I mean, it is intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious, you know, as, as time goes on, the character that she wants to develop, does she want to be like a female version of her dad, like The Rock, or does she have something else in mind? Like, I think it's best for her to take her time and figure out who she wants to be in and out of the ring. And so that's why it's like I'm all, I'm very much excited for this. As you said, fourth generation, it writes itself, and just the video packages and Obviously, all the family lineage that would be there to support her. And I'm sure The Rock will be more inclined to do more appearances with WWE if his schedule allows it. All that good stuff. But, yeah, please don't rush it. Like, you you only get one shot to make a good impression. Yeah. I I just, the only thing, again, I would worry about is, yeah, that pressure of expectation. Not letting her have the freedom to find herself and to fail at first because there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of falling on your face and sort of figuring out what's Mm going to work for you and what's not going to. And, you know, (laughs) Rocky Maivia, as much as he was pushed, didn't exactly set the world on fire even when, you know, I know he got the IC and everything like that, but in terms of connecting with the fan base and everything like that, uh, it took him a little bit. Uh, But because we you know, didn't really have that sort of, you know, he was definitely hyped up and we knew who Rocky Johnson was and high chief Peter Maivia, but it was much more sort of in the abstract than today's wrestling fan is because of things like the WWE network and things like YouTube and the, like all these documentaries and abilities to go back and sort of know all of these things. So now it's, yeah, she has more than anyone has going to have the weight of sort of her family on her shoulders and what that legacy is. And I think the only real comparable one is Charlotte mm-hmm. and Charlotte has done very well with it. But at the same time, NXT was not what NXT is now when she was first coming up too. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be very interesting. I just hope that, yeah, people just like give her sort of that ability to find herself uh, before, you know, all these expectations get put upon her. And there's also, as you know, Wrestling fans on social media can be very toxic. So give her some breathing room. So, like, another reason to not be on social media. Yeah, but like, let her, like, you know, if she starts taking bums and then was it like they kind of go off to Evolve and do some shows with them? Evolve is like the training grounds for NXT now. So, if she starts doing some small shows with them, please don't let that judge how she's going to be maybe five, 10 years from now. Yeah. It's baby steps. Yeah. Just be patient and just say, let her grow into this like that's the last thing is some jabroni from middle of america saying oh she sucks she didn't take a punch right or whatever it's like no she's still learning like give it time huey shots at the flyover states but uh (laughs) i want to talk about the what have you uh that surfaced online about undertaker versus aj styles being floated out there for wrestlemania 
Uh, what do you guys think about that? I was sort of convinced that with Sting trying to get the medical clearance that it was going to be Sting versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, Huey, what do you think about Undertaker versus AJ Styles? Phenom versus Phenomenal One. It makes sense as far as, okay, if Undertaker wants another WrestleMania match, you got to put him in the ring with someone that can carry the, the bulk of the work. And AJ Styles is one of the best wrestlers in the last 10, 15 plus years. So my guess is Undertaker will do his trademark, yo, know, beats in the match, while AJ will do the majority of taking the, the, the beating and like jumping around, flying around the ring. So he'll carry the match. So it makes sense for Undertaker to face someone that's currently active on the roster. Would I like to see it? Sure. Just out of curiosity, just on paper, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Sure, it's great. Do I really want to see it? Not really. I mean, at this point, like I said last week, just give me Taker versus Sting. Just get it over with so we can quit talking about it, get it done, and then move on. Like, I'm like, okay, AJ Styles, great, cool. Fun to watch. But, yeah, give me Taker versus Sting just in the discussion. I'm tired of all this. Philip, Taker versus Sting, Saudi Arabia, bolt hit Shawn Michaels as the referee. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> no, but but with the Styles and Taker, I mean, AJ, he, he bump, he'll he bump for anybody. He'll make anybody look good. I mean, Kurt Angle tells stories about all his matches in TNA. AJ did all the work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, plus Taker in that uh, tag match last year with Roman against uh, – the best in the world, Shane McMahon and yes. Drew McIntyre. He looked pretty he good. He looked amazing. Yeah, that, so. that was one of the best uses of Taker in the last few years. I know, like he didn't struggle to get his leg up for the big boots. I'm like, okay, if we do see him and AJ, that's cool. I don't really know the reasoning why it would happen. Yeah, it, it all depends on the story, uh, and I, I don't know. You could there is some again, not to tie it all the, always back to to HP Shizzle, but there there is. Latitude to sort of be like that. AJ Styles has had this, you know, moniker put on him that he is this generation's Shawn Michaels. That you know, JBL said that a lot. That it's like you know, I'm better than Shawn Michaels. I'm I'm AJ Styles. I'm gonna prove it by doing something he couldn't do, which is beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. That like there there is story latitude there, and I mean he is a heel right now, and all and all that good stuff. So they could make that work, and uh, like. We've all been talking about. I mean, he is one of the best workers around, so he could definitely get the very best that the Undertaker has left to offer in a match. Uh, I just, to me, in a much more positive spin than what Baby Huey has, I, I and I wasn't, you know, wasn't one of the ones that was like really jonesing to see it. But now I'm sort of on on board with the train of like, yeah, Sting versus Undertaker. I'm into it. And I, whatever sort of like, you know, bells and whistles and smoke and mirrors you have to add to the match itself, sort of like Sting versus Triple H, which I certainly enjoyed uh, other than maybe Sting getting jobbed at the end. But, but the press box was lit for that yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. So th- there are ways to sort of make that whole thing uh, work. And whether you want to turn it into another WWF versus WCW kind of match uh, like they did then, you know, I don't think it would make as much sense, but there, there's there's room to. Or maybe it's a tag. Hell, if you even put Sting and Undertaker in a tag match against two other people or on opposite sides, yeah, you, you Sting could, and RoboCop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, or yeah. the Yeti. You know, whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> two, I love the two Yeti. Titanic forces. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. But it's looking like uh, you just again it until it's until it's inked. It's still just uh, what have you online. So we will see. Uh, what the future holds for Undertaker at WrestleMania. I still wouldn't rule out that The Fiend could be uh, his opponent. I know Roman's got to have a big match at WrestleMania and stuff too, and everybody's thinking it's going to be 
Roman versus The Fiend. I'm not really enthused for that match, so I'm I'm not really trying to let that even enter in my uh, my psyche. Or maybe The Undertaker interferes Goldberg versus Bray's match, helps Goldberg win the title, and therefore, and then Bray has a reason to go after The Undertaker for WrestleMania. I'm just saying, just throwing out their little fancy booking, and then Roman versus Goldberg Roman at WrestleMania. Versus, Roman versus Billiam. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they could do that. I could do that. I want Goldberg to win, though, if he's going to take on Roman. Be like if I ever saw, and again, this is, uh, hey, look, I know Kurt, Kurt Angle's one of the all-time greats, one of my all-time favorites, but when they would float it around back in the day, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he should take on Ken Shamrock in like an ankle lock versus ankle lock match. Like, well, I'm rooting for Ken. I mean, he was the first guy that I saw use, and he's like, it's his move. So <laughs> that's that's sort of where I come down on that. I don't want to see Goldberg lose to somebody else's spear. It's dumb. Uh, But let's get to uh, some quick takeaways from uh, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, and then we'll break down uh, the card for NXT TakeOver Portland. Uh, But real quick, uh, Monday Night Raw, my main takeaway was uh, the sort of birth of Shayna Baszler, the vampire. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to go this route. I thought it came off pretty well, though, the whole just, like, biting Becky Lynch and then, like, the bloody mouth. I don't know how they did it. I don't want to know how they did it, but it was a very it was a very cool, gruesome visual. I think they maybe overdid the, the aftermath stuff with Becky Lynch and the ambulance and everything like that, but the in-ring part of it I thought came off really well and uh, kickstarts their, their feud supposedly leading to WrestleMania really well. What did you think of it, Phil? Um... It was broken. It was uh, spoiled for me on social media. I'm like, ah, what is what is this? I watched the whole segment. I'm like, okay, this is pretty intense. And then Becky stealing an ambulance, like committing grand theft. And how does she know where a hospital is in a local city? <laughs> I know, I know, it's wrestling. I put too much logic on it. But over the overall aspect of it, it looks pretty cool. Shayna has nothing left to do in NXT. She ran wild down there, brother, for uh, <laughs> for like the last two years. So it's gonna be cool to see her um, challenge Becky. And then I think Becky beats her at Mania. I Ooh, hope so. And then really? the night after, I think we get Ronda Rousey back. And okay. We, and okay. we finally get the match we were supposed to have, Ronda versus Becky, one-on-one. Man, we're on at, Raw? At Raw? Or I don't know. What it, SummerSlam? Another, another Saudi Arabia show. I don't know. Oh, yeah. no. That's <laughs> okay. where they throw those at. Okay. I, I enjoyed this segment as well, but the other thing that really stood out to me was uh, Matt Hardy yes. coming out, just questioning Randy Orton and his actions against Edge. and. Matt Hardy obviously addressing kind of his whole relationship, good or bad, with uh, yeah. Edge, and it was really interesting. Obviously, the crowd cheering along, lead up. It was I I know this thing was an older the older part of the audience who knew about that storyline. Because imagine if you're a kid, like 10, 15 years old, you don't know the whole Edge and Matt and Lita love triangle there. But nonetheless, I thought that was cool. That angle is acknowledging that played into us older fans, but. Uh, interesting, you know, with uh, uh, Randy attacking Matt. And I love how Matt took the microphone, threw it at Randy's stomach. And Randy's like, oh, and then, then he started jumping on him. But, uh, you know, doing the, the chair shot again, very much like we did with Edge. and The one-man concerto. And then everyone's like, oh, he's off TV now. There's a way to write him off. And uh, his contract's going to expire March 1st on his way to AEW. But then it was announced, I think, within the last couple of days, uh, was another match between the two of them this yeah, Monday. Yeah, and so here's the thing, whether Matt Hardy is leaving or, or staying or, or what have you, it would have been nice to see them sell the attack more because it, that was a great segment. That might have been my favorite part of Raw because as a fan, I love acknowledging 
sort of continuity of the past. And, and I think that's what makes wrestling storytelling really work. And so for Matt to acknowledge that, look, like Edge and I have had our ups and downs, obviously, you know, people know about that. Um, but we are forever linked uh, in our careers. And, you know, even go back to that table for three from a year or two ago where it was actually like a table for four because it was in Christian and, and Matt and Jeff. And I think it was Edge said, yeah, we, God, we haven't all sat down like this in a really long time. And in my head, I'm like, boy, I wonder why that is. But um, <laughs> uh, but be that as it may, I thought it was really good, like long-term continuity for Matt Hardy to sort of take that up. And it gave him some purpose on TV, which he hasn't really had lately. He's just been losing a lot of matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you, I thought, okay, this is a, a natural way to write him off screen. But yeah, so coming right back, you know, a week later, he's going to be having a match. Whereas I know Edge has the surgically repaired neck and everything like that. So, but they're going to have to really hammer that part home as to why Edge isn't able to be there the week after, mm-hmm. but Matt Hardy is. That that that's that's the thing that uh, I I would I would keep Matt off TV for at least a week before yeah. you then make this match or like make the match Randy Orton versus Matt Hardy at Super Showdown, you know, and and have and have Edge show up there. And, and interfere or whatever and set up, you know, Edge and Randy Orton at WrestleMania in that way. But it's interesting call. What do you think about it, Phil? Uh, I, I love the segment. I do agree that they should have kept Matt off a little bit longer. And to explain why Matt could come back, let's say, next week and wrestle Randy. I mean, he's been wrestling for the last nine years compared to Edge, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Randy, Randy, Randy's really great at the little subtle things like taking a microphone to the gut and, uh, and all the facial expressions. Like, people say Randy Orton's boring and all he does is uh, a headlock and an RKO. He doesn't need to do a whole lot. It's simple, you know? No, Randy is one of the all-time greats. He gets unfairly, I think, critiqued by some of the uh, online wrestling community. But Randy is legitimately one of the greats. And I'm thrilled to see that he is going to be in this storyline with Edge for WrestleMania. It feels big. It's. I think it's going to absolutely deliver. Uh, One of the other things I I did was interested in seeing was the VIP lounge making its return to raw. I thought, uh, I didn't know that we'd be seeing MVP again so soon. It seems to be one foot in one foot out with him, but uh, I thought this uh, put Drew McIntyre in a pretty cool light and his sort of lead to uh, WrestleMania. This is like the evil version of Mickey uh, from Rocky trying to like, sort of like uh, uh, bulldoze his way in to, uh, to being uh, riding Drew's coattails to a title match at WrestleMania. Um, and, but it was like the very, like, sort of like uh heel way of doing that and Drew seeing through it and then claymoring him. I, I thought that really worked well. What'd you think? Well, I was, I was very happy to see MVP back. I, I miss the VIP lounge and the, the big baller shot caller. Uh, yeah, it really did uh, elevate Drew. He wasn't really as corny as he has been the last couple weeks, <laughs> and he we're starting to get a little bit. I think when uh, the whole uh, ricochet thing's done with Brock, we're gonna get the Scottish psychopath on the yeah. road to WrestleMania. So I mean, this was cool. I mean, he's over AF, mm-hmm. so it's it, it was a really good segment overall, and it's always nice to see MVP. Yeah, totally. I was just gonna say a uh, quick little side note. So I think the last few weeks of Raw have been really good compared to like stuff in 2019. Uh, but I don't know if you guys heard or saw the rumor, uh, like supposedly Vince has only been there like half the time on Raw since like November, mm. and since November he hasn't been to any SmackDown taping. So I don't know if he's busy with XFL stuff, but just for that purpose alone, it makes you wonder if Paul Heyman really showing his fingerprints on episodes of Raw like this and you know, giving Drew McIntyre a proper push and and really developing him 
And then it makes you question what's been going on SmackDown, which we can address later. But Vince I, not being there, though, I mean, ever, all the final approval still has to, to go through him. And I, I just, uh, I will not, I mean, what, what about NXT getting the rub at Survivor Series? What about, you know, NXT going to USA? Oh, Vince is going to kill NXT when it goes to USA. NXT's been pretty good. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I, I like, I will, I, Vince is doing a great job. He, he's yeah. He's still the man. Yeah. Well, the other question I have for Raw this week is the whole Rhea Ripley, Charlotte angle right now. Yeah. It feels like Rhea is chasing Charlotte. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Rhea's the champion. Why is she like has to show up and like convince Charlotte, like challenge me. I'm the champion you want. It's just kind of a little weird reverse psychology. That's what I'm trying to understand is like. Shouldn't Charlotte be like begging Rhea for a match to like take that? Well, title Charlotte back? doesn't have to beg. Charlotte can just choose. Yeah, well, um, exactly. So she, I mean, she's definitely trying to court Charlotte's challenge because I think you know storyline wise, it's how how best to sort of assert myself as the top woman in WWE than to beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think it is very much so more going to be uh, that triple threat match. Uh, that we're going to get, and I really hope Bianca Belair wins it. Uh, she was, she's just, she's just a fantastic performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hope that they, I, I would imagine that that's not the route that they're going to go. But I would love for them to coronate uh, Bianca Belair at either Takeover Weekend or WrestleMania this year. Um, but uh, what about uh, SmackDown? <laughs> there's a, there's a few takeaways from SmackDown. I guess we should start with the heartbreaking one first. Uh, and that was uh, the 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 Valentine's Day date that we were all waiting for. Otis and Mandy Rose uh, not going the way that we had hoped. Uh, what did you think? Just overall, these segments and just the build to it. I, I to me, it missed the mark a little bit. Yeah. And what what has been one of my favorite storylines on TV for the last several weeks? They sort of they sort of fell flat here. Okay, yeah, I think what they were trying to go for was like a high school movie type spoof where the underdog you think is going to finally get the girl of his dreams, but unfortunately something happens to prevent it, and there you feel sorry for him. And I was like, part of me was like, okay, I'll take that. Maybe in the next week or so, Otis will finally get over on Dolph somehow, and then maybe Mandy will come back full circle. But then again, Tommy and I were talking about this earlier. If I was Otis, I would have just walked up to his table and say. What up, mother effer? What are you doing here? This is my day. Like, and like, you know, start fighting him right there in the restaurant. Take it out. And then like, be cool. Tommy suggests like, just throw money on the table here for the damage after he beats up Dolph Ziggler to make him look like a badass in front of Mandy. Yeah. I mean, but what did you think about the segments themselves and how they were done? Um, I mean, it, it was, you know, it is what it is as far as being spread out over time and Mandy taking her time, putting on lipstick, then another segment. It was uh, uh, Tucker trying to get Otis pumped up and it was like combing his hair. I mean, it, it was dragging a little bit. I was kind of hoping maybe they'll show it more often throughout the show. But yeah, I was thinking that we were going to get like cut ins on their date, you know, yeah. and how it was going. Uh, the other thing was, and again, this is very minor, but it's in terms of plot details of this, uh, Mandy said she was running late. Yeah. And then Otis is the one late. It just, it just sort of like threw yeah. me off and like, uh, but yeah, the 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 way in which he did not go, even go up there and engage Dolph at all, I was not expecting just the melodramatic dropping of the roses kind of deal. And I know we'll get uh, follow up on that in the in the coming weeks and everything. But I was a little disappointed. Phil, what'd you think? 
Um, I, I understand why he didn't go up and fight Dolph. You know, I've been stood up by women plenty of time. Uh, but she didn't stand him up, though. I mean, I mean st- she, stood up or she heartbroken. Looked, she looked annoyed, and, like, she didn't want Dolph there. She wanted Otis. She even thought, you know, like, search yourself, Otis. I, I don't know, but this this is going to add more to the story. The, the, the big, beefy underdog is going to... Defeat the the nice clean cut jock and get yeah. The, do you think that's coming at WrestleMania? Oh, brother! Like a Mandy Rose on a pole match. Yeah, that's some Vince Russo ish. <laughs> if I've ever heard it, <laughs> that'd be awesome. She's in a shark cage or something. Yeah, God. <laughs> just catches her. Yeah. Oh wow. No. Um, then they have the wedding later on because WrestleMania's gonna be like seven hours. Yeah, <laughs> I think you can all do it in one day. Yeah, exactly. Totally. But no, I was like, yeah, I'm with you. I was a little disappointed because I, if I was in Otis shoes, as a grown man. I would have confronted them. I'm like, I'm all I traveled all the way there to the restaurant from the arena. I would have confronted Dolph, say, dude, what the F? This is my day. Why are you C blocking me? Yeah, I was just a little underwhelmed um, by sort of the whole thing. Yeah, I thought I was hoping it would end with some type of physical altercation and that, you know, but we will, we will see how it plays out because, again, it has been one of the more fun storylines on, on SmackDown the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Uh, and so I was, I was a little bummed out that it, uh, I, I expected there to be a swerve in there and like something like that to happen, but I just, the execution to me wasn't, wasn't the greatest, uh, other things that stood out to you from SmackDown, Houston, uh, obviously Hulk Hogan and the, and oh, Br- yeah. the Fiend, their confrontation, both live via satellite. Well, Bray in the, the fun house, fun house somewhere, wherever that's located. Only Seth knows where that's at. But uh, uh, the segment itself was a little interesting because, like, the commercial or the segment before that started, Hulk was on TV getting ready, and there's some guy just wandering behind him. I don't know if that's his handler at the at his uh, his shop in in Florida. But the segment itself, it was interesting, just Hulk talking to Cole and Graves, and then all of a sudden Fiend jumps in, and it's them back and forth, and just the uh, NWO parody. <laughs> Uh, video was great. Um, I liked. I liked that Hogan felt like his promo was on rails, though. Like that he had he had a bullet points that he kept hitting. Like he said for life about three times. He said uh, be ready for like the power of Bill Goldberg. Like a few times, like waiting almost to like try and cue the fiend kind of deal. Uh, so it felt very sort of stiff almost, but um, I did like sort of the teasing of that we might get Hogan versus the Fiend at some point. I'm into that as we've talked about already on the show. But what would you think? Um, other takeaways or just the just the just Hogan? that segment? I mean, it, it was fine. You know, Hulk sporting sporting the black and white, and then Bray's imitation of Hogan in the big gold from back in the day. That that's all, that that was really cool. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if I really want to see the Fiend and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I don't. Me neither. No, I don't. I don't, I don't no. think we need that. No, we don't. No, we, we might, Mo, might not need it, but it might be just an unexpected luxury that we get. You know, just a treat. <laughs> just a, like the candy, too sweet. The, the piglo got <laughs> yeah, that was too exactly. sweet. We'll get, get a little, just like a, just a treat. You know, another, a another treat from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no, I hope not. I'm, I'm so over the Saudi shows. Oh no, no, Hogan will go. They'll, they'll throw no, the he, bag no, at him. He absolutely will go, but needs money for those uh, back surges that Jimbo wants him to keep getting. I, he wants to be in the ring. I, who am I to deny a man his dream? As you know, Rocky said in Rocky Balboa, you know, he's pursuing something. People don't seem too happy about it. So HBK, if he wants to be in the ring, you don't want him in the ring. No, he retired, bro. <laughs> Come on. You can't have it all. He retired. He retired. So we thought. No, it's over for him. What was his last match then, technically? Uh, WrestleMania 26 with The Undertaker. He lost his career. I understand. I'm I'm right there with you. I don't remember anything else that happened. Kid couldn't tell you. All right. uh, 
AEW Dynamite this week was just that. It was another really strong episode, I thought, uh, for me, my my favorite part. I, I love Dustin Rhodes. I'm Gold Dust Mark, all, all that jazz. So his, uh, once again, yet another resurrection in his career, this time coming in his brother's promotion in AEW, is great. But he's still phenomenal in the ring. He's terrific on the mic. I really loved his segment um, and sort of, you know, building towards uh, a match with Jake Hager. Um, what did you guys think of Dynamite this week? I, I loved it. Dynamite's really, really been uh, giving me that that extra thing that I've needed because Ron smacked and rolled the decline for quite some time. But Dustin, like, he's had a career renaissance. I don't know what it is about guys like 50 or even Jericho's, like, what, 48, 49, like, doing the best work of their career this this at this stage in their lives. That's awesome. They don't give an F. You could throw their body out there and just... I- there Do you, it. There you go, man. But um, D- Dustin versus the Big Hurt. I'm I'm excited for it. See, <laughs> the, I can't. I can't. The, the the fact that Jake Hager goes by the Big Hurt, which is one of the all time great sports nicknames that belongs to Major League Baseball Hall of Famer and my childhood hero Frank Thomas. Uh, and I stress first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, it, it's wow. just, it's it's just funny hearing uh, Jake Hager go by the Big Hurt, and I wonder if it's sort of trickled back to Frank yet that now there's another Big Hurt out there that they've just so brazenly lifted the nickname from that Hawk Harrelson came up with back in the day. Oh, maybe uh, All Out would be two. It'll be it'll be in Chicago again, right this year. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe maybe Big Hurt will be in Dustin's corner exactly. or somebody's corner. That would, yeah, that'd be awesome. If, yeah. if we got Frank six, you know, the only thing is that Frank is six foot five and is a super big dude. Yeah. And as we are in a smaller man's era of pro wrestling, uh, he would, he might not tower over the the new big hurt and Jake Hager, but he'd be, he'd be a lot bigger than a lot of the guys that they have out there. Well, Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone, they were bigger too. Yeah, but that was a bigger time in wrestling. Yeah. But I'm just saying, let, let him go out there. Man, oh no, I'm, I'm into it. Don't get me wrong. To, yeah, to, uh, I love Jake, that. Take that Sammy Guevara and throws him out. If Frank showed up with like the rebar, like he used to have in the on deck circle, that he would war- like. Frank was a legit superhero. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would be into that. But it, it is funny that you call him the Big Hurt, and that that's actually like sticking with Jake Hager because to me, like the, the Big Hurt is one of the most unique unique nicknames in sports history, mm-hmm. and it's only there's only been one, and it's been Frank Thomas, and now so for Jake Hager to be having, it's just funny to me. I wonder how they settled on that. Uh, in AEW, did it? Yeah, I, but no I questions. wonder. I wonder if like they saw like the new Genix commercial <laughs> that Frank like are everywhere. Like the only commercials that run more frequently than the new Genix ads are like Michael Bloomberg ads for president. So uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if that's sort of how like they they heard that and they're like, yeah, that works for a wrestling nickname. Let's use that. Yeah. So I, I just would say AEW Dynamite. I think this was one of their better episodes since their existence. What back in October, and the thing I noticed like it didn't have like such like a big event on the show as far as like you know last week with Cody getting the 10 lashes I just thought overall every segment flowed nicely together from one back to back to back as far as you think about every segment address a certain storyline as far as they're in relation to their roster they had stuff that dealt with the the main uh, main event scene the mid-card scene the tag ties the women's division and it was all just strong storytelling throughout the whole night so it just never it moved nicely. It never felt like anything was lagging or this was just another filler episode. It was all, I think, just nicely done, just building up more storylines to uh, the Revolution pay-per-view. So to their credit, like I said, there was no like big, oh, my God, uh, build up to like a certain moment. But overall, just every segment was strong in its own right. I love the Darby Allen uh, vignettes. Mm-hmm. I love them selling 
a skateboard to the throat, which, by the way, <clears throat> was an absurd visual uh, at the time. Like, just it, it brought back uh, thoughts of like Maven taking the chair to the throat from the Undertaker kind of deal. It was it was a really cool visual, and I love the the vignettes that they're doing with Darby Allen. Uh, I think those have come off really well. And we can't talk about this edition of AEW Dynamite without talking about Jeff Cobb yeah. uh, showing up. And just, I, to me, I think, uh, one, he looks to be, as usual, in incredible shape and just really fits in. Uh, just He looked like a complete badass. It came off really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so thrilled for him to be in AEW. I think he's going to really thrive there. And if he you know, is sort of uh, affiliated with the inner circle, uh, I think uh, I think he adds some sort of prestige to that group too, because the inner circle is kind of it's kind of an odd mix right now. Mm-hmm. Um, group of but, misfits. Yeah, but I but I would like Cobb uh, in that for at least the time being. Well, that's the thing. I'm curious, and Phil, maybe I don't know if you know the details. So, from what I've been gathering, it sounds like Jeff is still under contract with Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor obviously has their partnership with New Japan. So with Jeff Cobb working with AEW, I don't know, is this like a per event situation or he has a contract with them as well? I don't know all the details that exist and how this is able to work. But nonetheless, is this the sign that maybe AEW and and Ring of Honor kind of have like a working relationship going? Because keep in mind, Marty Skrull recently re-signed with Ring of Honor and he's the head booker now. Who are his best friends in wrestling besides Nick Aldis? It's the elite guys. So maybe is this the beginning of a nice working relationship together? And then, therefore, that could be the olive branch that gets AEW and New Japan working on the same page. I don't know. But I'm just Jeff Cobb's presence there, I think, for me, spoke volumes as far as what AEW might be trying to work on behind the scenes. Yeah, and I, I was really happy to see Cobb. I, I think I popped more for the all pro wrestling footage on TNT. Yeah. That was dope. You know, there's something in the water about Bay Area wrestling where you wrestle here, you'll. Basically make it anywhere. Um, but if Ring of Honor and AEW do work together, I think that's a big plus for Ring of Honor because yeah. since, since the Elite left, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it hasn't been very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not discrediting like PCO, who's their champion. I think he's had an amazing career re- uh, resurgence. But mm-hmm. yeah, Ring of Honor, they desperately need help because their joint show with New Japan last year at the Garden, the Ring of Honor portion I hear wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would be big ups for Ring of Honor to work with all elite wrestling. It, it's similar to you know when we talked about AEW working with New Japan and stuff again. I think I think it's mutually beneficial to all sides. AEW's roster isn't the deepest, mm-hmm. uh, and neither is ROH right now because of the existence of AEW. And you know, similar with New Japan still trying to break in more in the U.S. So like this talent sharing sort of system, I think could work really well. Where AW is really this sort of this like flashpoint, this focal point for it, and for like the the most viewers and most eyeballs getting on it, I think it's going to help everyone. Like where could where could I see Jeff Cobb more if maybe he's not on there all the time? Like oh, he's also in ROH, so I'll go watch him there. The only thing I will say about that is that you know going back to uh, when Penta was working in MLW more and stuff like that, and you know Lucha Underground was still technically alive, and he was also in Impact. It is hard for me as a wrestling fan. I don't like, I don't want to see one guy a face in one promotion and a heel in another one. Like, if they can get on the same page creatively and continuity wise and make that work, that's, that's, would be the only sort of ask that me as a fan I would like because I, I hated sort of seeing like, oh, he's a heel here, but he's a face there. Like, doesn't, doesn't really, don't really work for me. Yeah. But, yeah. well, for me, the other thing too is, and I don't know, like, this is all speculation. 
But if Marty is kind of maybe the backbone behind all this, you look at Ring of Honor, they kind of reestablished their uh, working relationship with NWA, and Marty and Nick Aldis are going to wrestle at the Crockett Cup in April. Ring of Honor and NWA are working together again, and especially at their last pay-per-view for NWA. And now Ring of Honor is sharing potentially people with AEW, and AEW was letting some of their guys go over to New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom and some more recent events with Moxley and Jericho. I know their their deals are a little bit differently than other AEW rosters, but nonetheless, between all these promotions working together, I think it's a it's a good thing. And at the end of the day, that's how the old territories were used to work. People would borrow each other, travel from one promotion to the other, and that's that's why I think you kind of need to do in today's world if you want to compete. Not necessarily against WWE, but I think it's helpful for the fans to follow along. And it's exciting times for them to to pay attention to as a wrestling fan. Yeah, and you got to share a little bit of the star power and stuff between each other, I think, to sort of keep the ball rolling. Before we get to the go-home show of NXT and to take over Portland, uh, Philip Podfather, plug where people can find your stuff. Oh, um, Instagram, The Bulletcast, Twitter, Bulletcast, Facebook, Bulletcast. We don't really... Use that on uh, YouTube, The Bulletcast. That's where you can find all that stuff. And sidebar, I do have another podcast. It's called Complex Conversations, C-O-M-P-L-E-X-X Conversations. Uh, that's everywhere, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, the same for The Bulletcast. Yeah, and on that other one, I just talk about whatever I want. Nice. <laughs> so it's good, to, it's good to mix it up. Uh, Houston, where can people find us? Uh, at In The Click on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also YouTube now. It's. Uh, I was able to get access to our old interviews from the last few nice. years. Uploaded all of them from our first time with Jericho, our most recent Jericho interview, our stuff from WrestleManias the last couple awesome. of years. So just look up at In The Click on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And, uh, yeah, everything else at 1077thebone.com as well. Terrific. All right, so let's let's quickly uh, give our thoughts about the, the go-home episode for NXT as we go to take over Portland uh, and then we'll just break down that card. Uh, I thought, again, another you know really strong NXT episode. I think Wednesday night is the best night in pro wrestling between AEW and NXT. I don't think there's really much argument there. Uh, loved, loved, loved the, the Tommaso Ciampa promo uh, before the showdown with Adam Cole. I thought that was just really phenomenal stuff. I love the build to this feud. Uh, and it, it's to the point where I'm not, I'm not sure that Ciampa's going to win. Uh, because they might want to stretch it out, maybe put a stipulation on it at WrestleMania takeover and stuff like that. Uh, but it is, I'm totally bought into what what they got going on. I loved the uh, continuing stuff with Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream. Um, I'm a little bummed that match isn't looking like it's going to happen at Takeover Portland. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna stretch that out a little bit. Hopefully they have some type of interaction at Takeover. But uh, yeah, what'd you guys think of uh, of NXT this week? Well, overall, it was a phenomenal show. I am excited for uh, Dream versus Roddy Strong. It sucks Roddy doesn't have the uh, North American title, so they can't really do that. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it it's going to be interesting. They they worked well together, as we saw when, uh, from what they've done in the past. And I'm very interested in the uh, the whole Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole thing. I mean, Daddy's back for Goldie. Adam Cole doesn't want to get rid of Goldie. So yeah. it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I'm excited for it. I mean, definitely the highlight was not what was in the ring. Outside the ring... The Broserweights. Oh, that was good. Trying to get their way from Florida to Portland with their Dusty Classic trophy. Oh, my God. Amazing, fun video package. I was literally laughing, but in the good way, not like, oh, my God, this is like, terrible. It was good entertainment. Like Pete Dunn's 
acting might have been in the so bad it's good category. Uh, but it, th- those were really fun. They felt very old school, almost like uh, I got sort of the Don Morocco and Mr. Fuji vibes <laughs> from some of it, like Fuji Vice and stuff like that. There, it, it, it was good, clean, old school fun. I loved right down to them being on Triple H's plane. Going, <laughs> it, it was fun. No but, doubt about it. But that's the thing. And listen, we all love NXT. It is arguably the best, quote, wrestling show every week as far as the best wrestling performance in the ring every week. But this is something you and I have talked about for a long time is I think sometimes they got away from some of the fun vignettes and backstage promo videos, packages that they would do either in the locker room or somewhere on the facility during the daytime or something like we talk about Velveteen Dream and EC3. That was such a great video. I Or Street Profits when they do their video package. I miss some of that, and that's the entertainment part in wrestling that I want to see more of. Well, and you mentioned Velveteen Dream. I loved his segment this week. That was one mm-hmm. of my favorites, too. Just, just his whole presentation, his commitment to that character always impresses me. His, his promo was fantastic. Just, ah, oh God. And he's so young. He, he, I mean, he is going to be like one of the biggest stars ever, I feel like, if he sticks with it and isn't derailed. Let me ask you guys this. The way this those uh, segments with the Broserweights was filmed, it felt very much to me like similar to like Matt Hardy's stuff in Impact. Is that Jeremy Barash's work, you think? Because he, be. he works with Triple H now. It could so be do Barash, you think that's yeah. some of his directorial director like styling the way it it visually just looks to me but what i like is like okay peter dunn you're not forcing him to be a certain character you're letting him be himself more of just a straight man and let matt riddle be the more the goofy one and therefore you give peter dunn a personality that way you know what i'm saying so that's why it works so great as the eye couple like uh, al snow and steve blackman and head cheese exactly yeah i mean (laughs) it's just it's a lot of fun as far as them driving and you know peter dunn pete dunn's driving on the wrong side of the road and they're like i'll talk i'll talk to the cops and then they're on the boat and then triple h's no they were great it was so much fun like i want to see more of that and that's why well not spoiler but my prediction why they might win is then they keep continuing those type of video packages. But overall, just another fun episode of NXT. Uh, I kind of wish maybe some of the other matches built up better for TakeOver this weekend. But nonetheless, it's still entertaining stuff overall. All right, well, let's get to the TakeOver Portland card. Uh, We'll start with the uh, NXT Women's Championship match, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Uh, I don't think we're getting a finish here. I think Charlotte's going to interfere uh, somehow, and it's going to set up like some type of DQ finish or BS finish, or it's going to set up the triple threat uh, at WrestleMania. Because if 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 Rhea just beats Bianca here, then she doesn't really have a claim to make it a triple threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, unless they, they just want to pivot away from Bianca, uh, I think, and I think that would be a disappointment because she's ready. I, I love Bianca Belair, so I, I don't really see. I see a sort of a schmoz finish there. I think Rhea just pins her clean. Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I do because Charlotte shared the spotlight okay. last year. So, you know, this is going to be her one-on-one opportunity okay. at WrestleMania. So, Bianca, I mean, she's a phenomenal performer, and she, she can wait a little bit longer. Not too late because, you know, you see what happened with Braun. He won the IC title. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, that, that that's a great point. But I do think Rhea Ripley just takes it home. I, I do think, I think Charlotte gets involved somehow and creates like a no DQ type finish. My only concern is... Okay, if they have the triple threat match, that will be at Mania. 
inverse it because you said I want it to happen at Takeover. Exactly, but my only reason why it's it, Champs Turf, it's her, it's her title, it should happen at Takeover. The only reason why I think it'd be better at Mania is then it frees up a spot for Takeover weekend. So instead of trying because this weekend it's going to be six matches. Be- best way to get more people watching Takeover is to put Charlotte on Takeover. Or there's a screwy finish. They do the rematch at the Takeover the night before, and the winner faces Charlotte at WrestleMania. Ooh, okay. We have a dusty finish. Could could be something like that. Right, Jimbo? No. Not going to indulge that. Come on. That's nope. the finish. We'll, we'll not indulge that whatsoever. Uh, all right, Philip loves it. The- Phillip, you want to join us every week? You laugh at all my stuff. That's great. <laughs> I like it. Finally have someone to laugh at me in a good way. I don't sell for you. Uh, <laughs> you son of a... Uh, all right. The match that I think is going to steal the show, I'm really excited for. I think they built a great match and sort of the silver lining of the injury to Johnny Gargano has let them tell an even bigger storyline. But Finn Balor taking on Johnny Gargano, uh, Johnny Takeover versus Finn. Uh, I'm going with Johnny. My, that's just my heart uh, talking. I don't really have any any sort of like conventional booking wisdom or anything going with that. Just that I want to see John get a big takeover win over Finn Balor. I think that would be, I think that would be what is quote best for business. What do you got? I think the Prince beats Johnny takeover. I mean, like let's keep building the momentum with Finn Balor. Cause eventually I do want to see him become the NXT champion. And I think if uh, Adam Cole retains, uh, that night, he will be the longest reigning champion ever. Yeah. So then you can move into that story. Finn was the longest reigning champion, and Finn doesn't like that that's been taken away from him. Yeah. So I think we could do the interesting heel versus heel concept, so to speak. That's the thing. I think uh, roughly um, uh, uh, Adam Cole has like about 40 days until he ties uh, Finn Balor or passes him. So, and WrestleMania weekend is what, 50-something days away? So it makes sense that maybe leading up to that takeover weekend – Okay, so my initial thinking was Johnny wins because every big rivalry Johnny's gotten into in the last two years, he always wins the first one and then loses the next couple ones. You look at Ciampa, you look at the other one. So unfortunately, Johnny has a track record, or even Adam Cole, he wins the first one and then loses the next two if it's it's a a, a triple set of matches. Uh, But then part of me is like Finn should win, and therefore he has a reason to move on for the title picture. But I don't know. If he's going to be a, a, a heel, he's got to take on a baby face. The current baby face would make sense for Ciampa to defeat Adam Cole. Yeah. It makes sense for Ciampa versus Finn Balor for the title down the road. But I think Adam Cole is going to retain here, therefore becomes the longest reign NXT champion, therefore sets up a better reason for Finn. I know it's getting a little convoluted, but you get what I'm saying? It, it, it makes sense maybe Johnny wins now, and then they have a rematch takeover weekend just to extend their rivalry because the championship title is going to be busy between Adam Cole and Ciampa, I think, for this takeover and the next one. Yeah. So it keeps them busy on the outside looking in. Yeah, I do think that we're going to get uh, Cole and Gargano, excuse me, Cole and Ciampa uh, again at the takeover WrestleMania weekend. Uh, But before we get there, let's talk Undisputed Era defending the NXT Tag Team Championship against the aforementioned Broserweights as as they have made their way to Portland. Probably had a few voodoo donuts. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm going with the Broserweights here. I, I, I think the Undisputed Era, they, the prophecy came true, but now it's time to sort of break up the championships a little bit more. I think, you know, like you said, Huey, with the Broserweights winning the Tag Team Championships, it'll, it'll keep them together more. It'll give them something to do. Uh, and they're clearly, though, if they keep doing those vignettes, they could be a very fun, entertaining tag team 
uh, for the foreseeable future. So I'm going with the Broserweights. Um, I, I'm, I'm picking the Undisputed Era. I, there is an interesting story with them kind of slowly losing their grasp on NXT and losing the titles, but to be honest with you, not really a fan of Matt Riddle. So. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. Because what I'm thinking, yeah, Broserweights should win because then it keeps the them together as a tag team, therefore more reason to uh, do those vignettes together. And that could be fun. It's like them... With their, with their everyday activities together as yeah. tag team champions. And it's similar to the vignettes we wanted to see out of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Remember when they were being like the odd couple and we never yeah. got any of that fun storytelling outside the arena each week. That's the thing about wrestling. I think sometimes they get too caught up in their bubble of in being inside the arena and not doing more stuff outside of it, just to kind of that world building. Yeah, there's definitely a balance to be struck there. The street fight between Dakota Kai and... And Tegan Knox, uh, you know, I know this is a, a feud that needs to be paid off, but I would much rather have uh, Velveteen Dream and Roddy Strong uh, in this spot. Um, I, you know, th- th- this to me, you know, you would think that Tegan Knox would get the revenge, but uh, it's. I think we got to keep Dakota Kai looking like a like a credible contender, though, too. So Strong this, heel, yeah. So that you know, perhaps to challenge. Uh, Rhea Ripley or Bianca Belair after WrestleMania, depending on how that shakes out. But so this one's kind of a pick 'em for me. Uh, I'll go with Dakota Kai though. Yeah, I'm going with Dakota Kai as well. I've really become a fan of hers as of late, and with her recent heel turn, not really familiar with Tegan Knox's work. All I know is she got injured in the May Young Classic. So <laughs> Dakota Kai, it is. Yeah, I'm with you too. I think Dakota Kai needs it more than Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox is already over. She has the great story of coming back after injury. So. She has plenty of time to just, the fans love her already. I think Dakota Kai needs this win more to continue her reign of terror as a new heel for the company or for NXT. Uh, the NXT North American Championship, Limitless Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I mean, th- this one to me is sort of the easiest call uh, to make on the pay-per-view, and I think it's it's Keith Lee all day here. I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be a great match, but n- no doubt in my mind it's going to be Keith Lee. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to bask in his glory all day. I want to see what he's going to do with the North American Championship, and me just being an African-American male, seeing another one uh, excel in his profession, it's it, it's just it's great all around, so I'm excited to Keith Lee all day. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what they can do because it's been documented. Their matches on NXT over the chemistry. last year. Yeah, great chemistry, but even their chemistry and – PWG back in what 2017 and other promotions in the indie scene. So, but for Keith Lee, I'm glad he was like the first one. As you mentioned, I think they're trying to chip away Undisputed Era having all the titles because the prophecy it's been fulfilled. But now you got chip away and take away from them. So I'm, I'm glad Keith Lee was the first one to get that title, one of the first ones off them. And yeah, I, I think he just became champion. So you got to give him a nice lengthy title reign for him. All right, and that takes us to the NXT Championship match. The champion, Adam Cole, defending against Tommaso Ciampa, the man who never lost his NXT title. Uh, My heart says Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, My sizable gut says Adam Cole. Uh, What I would really like to see is Ciampa win. He defends versus Finn Balor at TakeOver weekend for WrestleMania. Uh, And I would like to see one more time uh, Johnny Gargano finally get uh, revenge on Adam Cole and end and that feud once and for all with a win. Uh, I know they, they've had a ton of matches going back to last year's takeover weekend at WrestleMania, but uh, I, I would like to see John get a win back there, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, but this is, this is a tough call, uh, but 
I think Adam Cole is going to somehow walk out still the NXT champion, setting up some type of rematch with him and Champa uh, takeover weekend for WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think I do think Adam Cole is going to retain. Like I said earlier, the longest reigning champion thing. We could tell that story with Finn, or he screws Tommaso, and then they go at it again uh, WrestleMania weekend. So it's it's whatever you want to do. But I do think Adam Cole, baby, retains the <laughs> NXT championship. Yeah, I hate to say it that NXT Takeover Portland is just a filler until WrestleMania weekend, which where I think more big title changes will happen. But with that being said, I think Adam Cole retains, and therefore I think he'll lose WrestleMania weekend, and he'll be the final one to lose the title for Undisputed Era's ending their prophecy. Yeah. But then let me ask you this. Do you think Undisputed Era will move over to Raw or SmackDown following I hope, WrestleMania? I hope not. I like, the the, I, the thing with, with NXT being on USA now, I hope we see less and less moves on the NXT roster. To me, Undisputed Era are perfect guys in NXT. They're, mm-hmm. they're a great faction for NXT. I think if you move them over to one of the other brands, I, I think, unfortunately, the track record says that you'd get a bastardized version of what has made the Undisputed the Undisputed Era successful. I think the same thing if you moved Johnny Gargano over to Raw or SmackDown. I think you would be seeing him on the main event in 205 Live in pretty short order. Uh, I think... You know, if the revival had stayed in NXT, I think they'd be a lot happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hope not. I and I and I think with the move to USA, I think they have a lot more interest in keeping a lot of those mainstays there. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but you know, I I think either way, I think Champa is going to be in an NXT Championship match at Takeover Weekend for WrestleMania, whether he wins at Portland or not. Uh, I think it's shaped up to be a, a really good card. Again, I'm super invested in the Gargano Finn Balor match. I think the build to that's been phenomenal. Um, hoping we get some physicality between Dream and Roddy Strong, or some type of segment at Takeover Portland, maybe at Roddy's house or something like filmed offsite. Who knows? Do you think Timothy Thatcher and Killer Cross and even Simone Johnson will be sitting ringside? I, th- I, th- I think we'll definitely get the the proverbial sort of like uh, glad handing wave to the the camera deal. Okay. Um, yeah, very very excited for that. But yeah, Takeover Portland is fixing to be all the way live. Should be a great show. Uh, Once more on our way out the door as we're wrapping up here, Championship Wrestling on ABC 7, 2.30 a.m. Get ready to watch it. Have another Diet Coke or two. Stay up late. Order some pizza. Come on, Bay Area. Senores is open really late. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. I'm so thrilled for it to finally be hitting the airwaves. But that is going to do it for us this week. Philip Antwine of the Bullet Cast, thank you so much for coming in, man. Oh, thank you. I really enjoy talking to guys like when I see you at the shows and then doing the pod. It's been long overdue for you and I. Yes. But uh, it's it's been really great, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. You guys do a really good job. So yeah, please keep I, up the good work. I appreciate it, man. And respect to the hustle you do as far as bringing equipment to local wrestling shows, doing interviews with the wrestlers before or after. That's, no, we respect the hard work that goes into that. Thank you. That reminds me. I do have three interviews lined up for uh, March one guy currently wrestles for the NWA, and another one is a former WWE superstar. Excellent. So Good look tease. out for that stuff. Tease, awesome. fellas. Tease. Good work. That is going to do it for us this week. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be ya.